0: live stream on the director script supervisor relationship I am Monique Sorgan I'm a director I'm here with Karen Ruby who is a script supervisor and uh, we initially met in the black magic collective filmmaker advancement initiative uh, which was an initiative Uh, where people really focused on accountability about moving forward the aspects of their career that they wanted. And Karen often talked about trying to get more days uh, to make it into the union as a script supervisor. I had never actually, I had been on a lot of sets with script supervisors there, a lot of professional television sets, um, but I had never actually been able to afford a script supervisor on any of my own sets. And then during the fellowship, I got hired to direct a short film called Random Check, which had enough budget to hire all the roles. So I asked Karen to come work on it as my script supervisor. And today we're gonna talk about sort of what we went through on that film with the hope of sort of going over the process to show you the value of what a script supervisor can bring to the process. So, Karen, hello. Hello, good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Um, So my first question for you is when you get a script, what is the first thing that you do? I read it. Then I read it
1: again. Then I read it again. So the first time I'm just reading it to understand the story and just get a first impression. Right. And then I read it again and I look a little bit more closely. I'm looking for logical or story inconsistencies. There's not always that. But I look for it just to make sure anything that bumps me, and I start making a list of those things with the intention of having a conversation later with the director or the writer or both or whoever is, you know, the right person given the project. Um, then I read it again and I look for potential continuity issues, time inconsistencies. Um, in this story, time was extremely important. Um,
0: Yeah, so this is a story. It's called Random Check. It's about a woman who wears a hijab who gets racially profiled at the airport in San Diego on her way to Comic-Con. And um, the whole time, and this is a true story, and the whole time she was trying to make it to the opening night Marvel event that she had paid extra for, and it was really important to her because she flew all the way from Kuwait to do this event. So um, as she's being held back and sort of like, uh harassed if you will and annoyed for hours uh they're going through her suitcases in front of everyone like she's constantly looking at her watch and trying to figure out if she's going to make it to this event uh by the end of the movie right Um,
1: and um, time was very important and so i started making a detailed breakdown of the time when each scene happened which some of the times were in the script written out and some of them were not. And so using the times that were in the script, I based my day-night breakdown, um, which in this case was just one day and it was a time schedule. And so there in that I found some hiccups or things that didn't make sense to me. And so then we went through that along with other questions. And we actually did adjust a couple of times in the in the
0: film. Yeah, so Karen basically asked me, what time does this scene, so it's like three scenes that show the passage of time. The first two are daytime, and the third one is a nighttime scene. So she asked me, like, what time does this scene take place? What time does this scene take place? You know, we also had to pay attention to, like, Um, the night scene what time we said on the night scene we asked ourselves okay comic-con takes place in the summertime how far is it after the um, summer solstice are the days long are they short how far is san diego from the equator like what time does the sun actually go down like little things like that that when you're writing a script you're directing a script you don't really think about but somebody watching the film might be like it's not night at that time (laughs) Right yeah. yeah and for the
1: you know for the lighting, we want to make sure that what time does it actually get dark you know so that we're tracking that while we're on set. And so that's part of what I'm doing in the breakdown. and then once that's all settled, then I create my actual full breakdown um, and then I
0: circulate that to all the department heads. Okay, and what is your breakdown exactly? And also I know the AD does a breakdown, like how is yours different? But first, can you show us like what your breakdown looks like? And um and I think we might have like an example. There we go. So, so I don't know if everyone can
1: see it very well, but in in a lot of ways it does look like the A D breakdown. I'm tracking all of the props and the costumes and the set and you know, anything that is important to the scene. But one thing that I make sure to do um, is I'm reading the script and I'm looking forwards and I'm looking backwards. And so if there's an object of importance three scenes away and we're in the same location, I know three scenes prior, that object needs to be in that script. And so I make sure to put all those
0: things in my breakdown where they live. I also have, you like can, for example, just to be clear, like if someone takes out a phone three scenes from now, you need to know where that phone is in the scene. Like, is it in someone's purse? Is it on the table? And it needs to already exist in the scene, three scenes before the part where the phone actually plays, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the other thing You can see on my breakdown, um, you can see interior airport laboratory day to the right, it says D one. So I'm tracking the story days there. Then the time in this one, like I said, the time was really important. So I keyed in the exact time that each scene is taking place in other films. That's not as important. It'll say day, afternoon or whatever. Um, and then we. And then this is actually the completed breakdown. So it has the actual running time and the day we shot it, the day we shot it and it's marked as complete.
0: So, yeah. So when we were shooting it, you were timing how long it went from like action to cut.
1: Yeah, I time every take. And then what I do is I estimate in my head. So for scene one, if we took multiple setups, I estimate in my head how it plays out. And I estimated that that scene, can I read it, was about 12 seconds long, even though we shot, I don't know, offhand how much we were shooting you know in scene one but we weren't of course going to use all of that so um i'm estimating how long the actual running time is going to be as we go forward which is really an important thing for knowing the length of your project um the other thing that we were going to talk about is the pre-timing which is a whole separate thing right that um one of the things that script supervisors can do it's not always included in 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 our breakdown or in our prep work um is a pre-timing to understand the estimate of how long this project is going to run which is very important for television you know films all that to know exactly how long it's supposed to run so what script supervisors do is we act out the entire film or tv show and we time it by scene And we do the actions and we run around and we say it in the different voices. And then for things that we can't physically enact like a car crash uh, per se, we'll imagine it on our head and time it. And so we get, some script supervisors are like really good at this and can like to the minute estimate the time of a feature film. And then, you know, studios use that for budgeting and deciding if they're gonna keep all the scenes or not shoot all the scenes or, if it's running short, you know, they'll need more.
0: Awesome. Um, is <laughs> I mean, like, I almost feel like you should film that and make a TikTok of it.
1: Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing sometimes, yeah. yeah right, right. Right. A great would be um,
0: yeah. so, um, is there anything else that, like, you as a script supervisor want us to know about prep that would yeah. take? Us-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of times in the non-union world specifically, although I am aware that it does happen in the union world, is there's this whole non-understanding of what script supervisors are doing in pre-production and not wanting to pay script supervisors for their prep days. Because a lot of people, I think, don't understand all of the things that I'm doing, all the reading of the scripts, all the conversations. You know, we changed in this in this script, we changed a couple of things in the script based on not just the time, you know, but also there was an issue with the lock that I noticed in reading the script. Right. Because this took place prior to the, TSA. the lock
0: on the suitcase is what right. we're talking about.
1: Right. And so there was a line in the script that sort of bumped me about that. If the scene. If the story was taking place in present day, which it was, even though it was based on something from before. And so we just made a minor change. And that's a lot of things that script supervisors are doing is we're
0: yeah. so just just mm-hmm. to be specific so people understand what we're saying. Yeah. So there was a line in the script um, where basically he has her suitcases. He wants to open them and sort of sift through them to make sure there's no you know bomb making materials in them. And he says. Um, he says, what's the code? Right. But Karen had gone and done the research for us to find out that there's such a thing as like TSA locks that you are required to have or you're not allowed to lock your bag anymore. And I think this started after 9-11. So um, so she had me add a line that said, this is not a TSA lock and then what's the code so yeah give me the code or i have to break it or something yeah give it to me or i'll have to break it like basically that was a line that wasn't originally in the script that's in the actual movie now because of karen's preliminary work you know just making sure that everything has veracity and makes sense in the real world um yeah and then also considering how much prep you're doing and how much you're like trying to basically, I guess, look out for continuity errors even before we get to set.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fix um, it in prep.
0: Yeah, fix it in prep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, so I was just gonna say, like, I can really see the value. Of, and again, something that didn't necessarily happen on my shoot and that doesn't necessarily happen on independent shoots, the value of like inviting you to the location scouts and the production meetings so that like that can because I feel like I love being invited to pre- production meetings.
1: I'm almost always invited to at least one production meeting, but I love going to the location scouts, too, because I can point out things then that'll save time. You know, it's like. We'll be in a location and I know in my head we've got to get a close up on this one item because it's really important to the story and they're saying oh we'll put the camera here we'll put the camera there you know and it's not always a lot of times I'm just like they're quiet absorbing understanding okay and even if it's just that then it helps me do a better job on the day because I already know what we're doing I'm already up to speed you know but sometimes it comes out to change where they put the camera I mean not often but it has happened yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's that's an important thing to, like, remember to think about. Like, on this shoot, we were pretty hodgepodge. We were, like, one location scout with just me and the DP and one location scout with me and the art department and the wardrobe department together. They were together, at least. But, yeah, um, it was just whenever we could actually go visit the location, whenever they would let us in. Um, but, yeah, so I think, like, that pretty much covers prep, right? Yeah, I feel really good about that. Okay, cool. So, like, now we get into production. And as a director, one thing I really enjoyed was being in production with a script supervisor. I didn't feel like I had to be as responsible for tracking all the continuity and remembering all the takes I liked. Because in production, you know, um, she's paying attention to, like, what hand they lift the blow dryer with or... Um, which way they turned. Um, and if I like a take, I can just say print that or circle that or I like that. And even if I just casually say to the actors, oh, I really like that, she'll make a note, you know. Um, so that was really useful for me as a director to be able to like take one thing out of my mental space While I'm thinking about a million things, Um, what are some things, Karen, that you're looking for when you're at all the departments? Because, like, Karen, Mm -hmm. you're looking at, like, the camera department, the wardrobe department. You're keeping an eye even as those people are on set looking out for their own department. You're also keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Right so what are some things you 're looking out for in all this yeah,
1: well, you know, and it starts on rehearsal right when we 're doing camera rehearsals and things like that i 'm watching to know what the actions are, what the camera moves are, if props are going to need to be reset i 'm taking pictures of the actors in their costume and hair and makeup either before we shoot or right after we shoot the first take so that I can have that to match later, right? I'm double checking everything with my breakdown to make sure that everything that needs to be there is there because sometimes, you know, the main lead department head isn't there and they have a fill in and they maybe don't know, or they don't have my breakdown or they didn't, you know, so I'm double checking. I've got everybody's back, just making sure that everything that needs to be there is there. And a lot of times it's just me going, yep, 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 yep. Or sometimes it's like whispering in people's ears, just making sure is that is that thing in the purse, you know? And just like not making a whole production right about it, but just making sure, double checking everything is there to make everything be smooth on set. So it's not like, oh cut, where's that thing? You know, that wastes time and money, you know? And then once we start shooting, I'm watching everything, right? I'm watching the screen to make sure that the boom and the flags and the light, nothing else is in the shot that shouldn't be. I'm watching the focus. If the focus is off, I'll write it in my notes, you know, no good focus. You know, I'm watching the script and the dialogue to make sure that the actors are saying the correct lines. And if they're not, you know, and then I'll find out because it's never my job to say, that's wrong. You know, I have to always ask, you know, is that okay? They changed it, you know, and and if I notice that the dialogue change changes the meaning I really want to make sure that the director understands that like is that okay are you good with that because then it maybe won't match later you know things like that I'm watching their actions so that they match later the costume the hair those things move you know oh I mean it's just so much
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean it definitely seems like a really exhausting like mentally exhausting job Um, I always wonder how you do it all because like this is not all there's more. But first, before we move on from here, um, maybe we should share a facing page so people can see like the types of notes you're taking and what they look like Mm -hmm. on your page. Yeah, boy, that's going to be
1: hard, too. Um, But okay, so like we'll see. Oh, this can you go? can we do a second page because this is all single camera there we go there we go okay so this is a two when we did two camera shoots right you can see two apple a cam two b cam and i've got all the notes we've got the takes we've got the timing we got the print take and then the notes are like oh my god i can't read this no good <laughs> let me pull it up on my end sorry
0: so no good is just NG.
1: Yeah, yeah. So on scene A, the a, scene two A, a cam is handheld, crossing camera left, followed the seated, you know, like the, the whole shot and then second sticks for B cam, switch passengers, good, try a few more for fun. Uh, just like notes of everything that happened and um, the notes that are good and bad and not bad, but not good and incomplete or complete. And the camera roll and the, you know, MOS is no sound or the sound roll
0: and frames per second and all of those and things. So this is really useful for the editor to look at when the editor gets it right. Like they can really look through these notes and kind of have a sense of like what was working on the day if they weren't there, which they usually aren't. And, you know, right. um, and you you talk to the editor in advance, right, about how they like the notes. Tell me yeah. about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I usually reach out to the editor prior to shooting if I can, if I can, you know, if the editor's been hired and things like that, and just sort of send them a copy of my notes and go, this is what my notes look like. Is that good? Do you have anything specific that you would, in addition, like for me to do? Or is there something that you don't care about, you know, so that I can tailor my notes to what is going to work best for them? And then you can see, you know, there's peas on this. This is the scarret software and so scare software isn't a circle take it's a p for print take um and so the editor can look at the ones the takes that have the p and know right away those are the best ones and quickly and easily put together
0: a rough cut that's great that's great and so but uh, in regards to improvised lines is this where you write down if some improvised line has been approved by the director and the writer and whoever else needs to approve it if the improvised
1: line has been approved and that's the line now, I'll actually change it in my script because my script is actually the record of production, right? My notes are the record of production. So I will make a note in the facing page in the note um, about the changes in dialogue and then I'll actually retype it in the script so that the script has the correct lines.
0: Okay. Awesome. So speaking of the script pages, like while Karen is taking all these notes on the facing page information, she's also making notes on the actual script page, which I like to refer to as the squiggly line page, but yes. it's actually called a lined script page, I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's called the line script. And so you can see all these lines
1: um, on this particular page. You can see every shot on this, every setup was two cameras. That's why there's two parallel lines on each going from the left. That's setup three. Then there's setup four, four apple, four baker, three baker, etc., etc. And so when the lines are straight through, that means that was on camera. So on this particular setup, three was the master. It was the big wide shot, and we had two cameras going and everything was on camera. Then we got a little bit closer. And you can see on for Apple, if you can see, um, both the cameras were not doing the same thing. So if you look over specifically high as line, that's number three. I also like to line the dialogue so that it's easier. Number
0: Number the dialogue.
1: Did I not have enough coffee today? Um, (laughs) I number the dialogue um, so that it's easier for me and the editor when we're jumping around and we're starting mid-scene and we're, you know, like for Greg and for Harry, uh, we can see we started right before Sarah's line four. And so I can say line four to, you know, whatever, and that's what would be in my notes. But going back to for Apple, you can see that on line Three, highest line, the left one, the left line is squiggled and the right line is straight. That means that the A camera was not on her and B camera was.
0: Yeah, is that that's cool? interesting. Our
1: start, it's very
0: small. And but. when do you put the numbers in the script?
1: I put the dialogue numbers on right before we shoot, because in rehearsal, lines sometimes change. So I don't finalize it until we're ready to shoot. Um, And then I put the numbers in real quick. So that's
0: something else that you're doing on the fly, on the day. I mean, this job seems impossible to me, but.
1: Um. <laughs> you need more than one script supervisor. Tell your friends. <laughs> but but it, it it actually should be, it is a department. It's a department head and it and it shouldn't really be a department of one. And that is one thing that is working that a lot of the script supervisors who've been around for a while are really pushing for right now, side note, um, is to have more than one script supervisor because now that there's so many cameras and so much going on and we're shooting digital, when it was filmed, it was a lot slower and a lot easier but now with the digital multiple cameras and you know go back and go 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 it's it's very impossible really when you have like three four cameras you only have two eyes
0: so we can only do what we can do so and you were also taking screen grabs while we were shooting as well like pictures still pictures Mm of um the of like certain takes in case we need to refer back to them, which it did end up being actually very useful because like if we, um, we shot two and a half days and the first two days were all in an airport set. Mm -hmm. And um, the second day we tent, we tented the table and got a quick pickup from a scene that we had shot the day before and we needed to know exactly where everything had been placed on the table. And it was so convenient to have those screen grabs so we didn't have to like scroll through, find the take, scroll through. We had actual screen grabs that we could just be like, where was everything lined up now that we're getting another shot that we had started yesterday. And this
1: is a great time to plug what I use for my screenshot is my Blackmagic mini recorder. Actually, I do use the BMMR and I plug that from my computer into the monitor and I take screen grabs and I use that all day for matching, matching camera angles when we're shooting on the other side to match eye lines, to match frame size. You know, I'll send
0: it to the DP. I'll send it to the director. You know, is this okay? Do you like this? You know, all that. And that was great for us, too, because we actually shot on two Black Magic pocket cameras for the whole film as well. So um, it was nice that like everyone's on Black Magic and it was really easy to just like uh, be cohesive together. So anyways, um, if we can go back to just for a quick second to the line script page. Um, Karen pointed out that there was a moment where you can see where we started with dialogue line four and 4G and 4H. And that was the coverage of um, Reed Miller, who played Jason, the TSA agent. And this was actually a mistake that I made. And I wanted to show you guys a clip of some stuff that did get pretty complicated in our shoot and how like we didn't end up having the coverage of his line, who are you, which is line two. We didn't have it from the right angle. And so the only coverage we had of that um, crossed the line and that was I guess on take uh, 4A it looks like and 4B but we didn't have it from the right angle so I'm just going to show you guys a quick clip of the scene to show like how um, how this stuff is useful to refer to so we have Boom a little check so the first Please person here I'll Get show you what been. this is the line this is the master here Excuse me. This is the master side. And you? here, see how he's looking the wrong way? Who are you? And then we're back on the correct side and just wanted to go to this point here to see now he's looking the right way toward this them. So we ended up flipping that shot. There. But it but we were scared in editing that we didn't have any takes from the right side of his line. Who are you? Here's what it was supposed to look like. Anyways, that was just to show you guys like You know, this was a pretty complicated um, setup because, as you may have noticed in that clip, we started on a reverse shot of the master. So that's where we ended up having that take. Um, And that was like actually something that Karen and I have discussed at great length because like we're both still trying to, you know, figure out how to stop making those kinds of mistakes. And we like went over and over it again. Um, So that was just something I wanted to show that was a mistake, I would say on both of our parts, you know, I'm going to take more responsibility to me. Um, But, but, like, ultimately, we did find a solution for it. Um, And that's, that's something that we were able to refer back to this, the line script to understand, like, what we actually did have on camera. So we did have the master shot on camera. It was just kind of on his back and it wasn't the angle I wanted to be on in editing. So it wasn't like we didn't have it on camera. We just had gotten it accidentally when we were doing the reverse shot and we didn't start the coverage mm-hmm. of uh, Reed's up early enough in the script. We started it af- as he was walking to the table instead of as he was closing the scansion in that scene. So that was just something I wanted to share with you guys as a little whoopsie that <laughs> we have proof of now.
1: And again, um, we fixed in post. <laughs> but we, really, we want to fix it in prep or on set. And yeah, that it was it was A lot of super, to your credit, Monique, you had amazing ideas for shots and a lot of them moved a lot, which was really exciting, but it did make it more challenging (laughs) to, you know, try and edit in our, in my head of what's going to go where, because what shot are we using? It was a lot of fluid movements,
0: but yeah, I'm excited to see the film. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Yes. You (laughs) will see it soon. Um, We just finished it. So um, anyway, uh, is there anything else we need to go over that you want to talk about regarding production that we haven't covered yet? No. Okay. No, so let's talk really, let's talk really quick about post-production and then we'll see if anybody has any questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what part do you play in post-production?
1: None. Just my note live on. <laughs> I'm not usually included in post-production, So I just, at the end of the production, I complete my notes, I make what's called a book, and I put all of the facing pages in the facing pages order because, you know, everything's shot all out of order, and I put the script in order, and I put it together, and I make a nice, fancy book, and then I send it off and go, be well. (laughs)
0: And But the editor could hypothetically call you if they had a question about anything, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: always available. And so you send that to me. I remember getting that. You send it to the editor. Um, Do the editors usually know how to read these notes? I mean, some do, some don't. I
1: have a key code that I always send with my notes because there's a lot of abbreviations that I use that a lot of script supervisors use. Some use different. I mean, we all sort of have our own thing. There's not like a super standard way of everybody doing everything. So I
0: go, here's how I do it. That's why you ask them in pre-production rather than in post-production so that they know to expect it. Now on our shoot again, we had another little whoopsie, which was that Karen had had the discussion with our editor, but our editor um, ended up getting a higher paying job at the last minute and we switched editors and we ended up working with an editor who really likes to feel out the footage you know, in a visceral way and who was awesome. I am not knocking the editor at all. I love him, Um, but he was not as adept or as interested in using the notes. But that said, like when we were lost, like with that shot I just showed of Reed facing the wrong way, um, you know, it was great to be able to refer back to that and be like, oh yeah, we definitely don't have it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so questions, who has questions? I see a question here. From Michelle Lindsay, do you keep a copy for yourself as well?
1: So I'm going to assume that's for me. Do I keep a copy of my notes? And yes, they are digital. So I keep the copy because there are times uh, way later I'll get a call from production. um, Do you have a picture of this thing, you know, because of all my screen grabs? And so, yeah, I keep everything uh, for a while until it's released, basically, until it's
0: done. Great. Are there any other questions, for, for me or Karen or anything about script supervising? Has anyone decided now that they want to be a script supervisor? You
1: know. No, no.
0: <laughs> any questions, um, Jen? I know you're there. I don't know how long you want to hold for more questions. Um, I mean. I guess I will just conclude unless more questions come up. Okay, so Michelle Lindsay is asking us Do you use a particular program?
1: Yeah, uh, I do believe I mentioned I use Scarret. So I use Scarret for my script supervising program exclusively. And then I also use the Blackmagic mini recorder and the program that comes with that to do my screen grabs.
0: All right. Please- more than one script supervisor. Oh, asking, let's read the question. Mikhail B is asking, if you were to have more than one script supervisor on set, how would you delegate responsibilities? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I think there's
1: multiple ways to split it up. Right. Um, for me personally, I'd probably have the other person doing the notes. And the other thing we didn't mention is I'm writing down, um, the lens, the lenses, and you know, all of that sort of stuff. So, I my preference is to be watching for actual continuity, you know, m- watching the actors, making sure all that makes sense, and you know, watching the camera moves and all of that, and have somebody else do the notes. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how I would
0: <laughs> like to split it up. It makes sense. I mean, you're definitely going to get better continuity if you have one person who's really looking out for everything and I mean granted the you know the the focus puller is looking for focus problems but and the dps usually notice that that kind of stuff too but sometimes they miss it or sometimes they're like okay it's good enough or sometimes they maybe don't want to admit that they missed it again well, you know
1: yeah, and because you know when I'm when I'm tracking actors actions I'm making physical notes um on a script. Right. And so I have to look at what I'm writing to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying, oh, they picked it up with the right hand. I'm saying, oh, they picked it up with the right hand on this word, because that's important to know where they make these moves. Right. So I'm writing that down on a specific word so that I can go, because it's happened before. Like, when did I put that wine glass down? I'm like, oh, it's on this word, you know? And so if I'm looking down to write that, I'm, I'm not also looking at the monitor in that exact moment. And I might miss something. I mean, it's like, we're human, you know? So if, if there's one person dedicated with eyes <laughs> on the monitor without having to like, you know, go down and write this and then write notes and then write, you know, it's it's it would be more helpful.
0: And so that's your preference. But like, would that be the preference of the other script supervisors you talk to? Has anyone ever said, well, what, like, cause you said the problem came when, with digital and we started shooting with way more cameras. Like, mm-hmm. would other script supervisors prefer to like, be like, I'll be on A camera, you be on B camera? Is that another way you might break it up?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, it's
1: it's a flexible thing.
0: Yeah. Cool. I'm just wondering, because it sounds like you guys are having behind the scenes talks, so yeah. I I was wondering if that's like another way, if there are any other ways that people have discussed breaking up the responsibilities.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually talk about this on the podcast. There is an episode where we discuss that. I think it's the history and future episode um, where people are talking about different ways that they would like to break it up. So there are multiple ideas.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, well, I am not seeing any other questions, so um, thanks, Karen, and I want to thank Black Magic Design for sponsoring this talk and um, also for making great cameras that we were able to use in many different ways during our shoot of Random Check. So um, thanks, everyone.